Real Cuff Radio is about to begin. Everybody loves a hero. I believe there's a hero in all of us. Good morning. This is Sandra from Real Cuff, and I have an awesome speaker today, evangelist. And we met just a a little over a week ago in a grocery store, and 30 minutes later, I knew this lady has to give her testimony. I want want the world to hear it. So I, I just thank you that she's here, Lord. Bless her and let her give what, what you have for her. Hello. Good morning. God bless you, Sister Sandra. Yes, I, I'm going to let you pronounce your name and tell you tell tell us about you. I, go ahead. Well, God bless you, and thank you so much for the opportunity. I thank God for the divine appointment on last Thursday. God reordered my steps completely, and I thank God for that because I had He not, I would have missed you. Uh, I would have gone to the to uh, the location where we met at a, at another time. So I thank God that we, when we're sensitive to him, he will make all things well. He does all things well, and I thank the Lord for that. I am Evangelist Carnelis, a.k.a. also known as Cornelius Moore. I have to say that, that I'm tro- totally not an evangelist, but I am. So whatever the Lord would have me be, that's what he's called me to be and do. So I thank God for the opportunity. If I could title myself as anything, I would say I'm a servant of the Lord. So I thank God for this opportunity, and we just bless God for his faithfulness in all things. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. To start off with, my ministry is For His Glory Ministries. Uh, It was birthed out of a time of great tragedy in my life, and I had several questions for the Lord as to why he had allowed me to go through some things and uh, had lost his babies. And I didn't understand totally because I just believed at that point that God was going to give me children. And at the culmination of all the, uh, the miscarriages, I had two stillbirths and five, a total of five miscarriages, but two of them were stillbirths. The Lord said, one day, when I wasn't even praying, he said, it's for my glory. And I said, Lord, how can all of this be for your glory? And that's when he told me, because you're able to still stand, and this is what I want you to name the ministry, For His Glory Ministries. So that's what it's called, For His Glory Ministries. And one of the, the main things that God has called me to do is to birth people into their destiny to break things off of them in the spirit, to bring deliverance into their lives, whether it's male or female, because the scripture says there's neither male nor female, Jew nor Greek, but we're all one in the Lord. So the ministry is not just for women. It's not just relegated to men. It's just whoever God brings me in contact with. And even on a day-to-day basis, I ask God, God, give me divine appointment. And he certainly did that the other day with Sister Sandra and her husband, and I thank the Lord for that. But one of the things God gave me as I was ministering to a servant of God over in Kenya in 2012, 
I was ministering uh, by way of Internet, uh, the Lord gave me a scripture. And that scripture is one of the things I want to minister about today. It's in Isaiah 66 and 9, and I may go back from scripture to scripture being led by the Spirit. That's my desire to be led by the Spirit of the Lord. Uh, It's Isaiah 66 and 9. It's, shall I bring to the birth and not cause to bring forth, says the Lord? Shall I cause to bring forth and shut the womb? Now that scripture was for a ministry at the time they were contemplating shutting the doors because of financial situations. And, and I didn't even know the man at the time, and the Lord said, uh, no, this is an assignment from the enemy to shut down the airways because the enemy is the prince of the power of the air. And so I was ministering to a friend of mine who worked in the, the ministry. I shared that with her, and she conveyed it to her boss, who was the head of the ministry. And that's when everything started with that particular assignment uh, to Kenya. But in the course of the time through my life, the Lord has given me so many things to let me know that he has ordered our steps and ordered my steps. So my steps have been ordered by the Lord through many circumstances. And one of the things I want to share and to get into people's spirit Whatever they have gone through, the scripture says in Ephesians 1.11, he works all things out after the counsel of his own will. And then Isaiah 46 and 10 says, declaring the end from the beginning and, and from ancient times, the things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do all of my pleasure. So when I went through the process of the miscarriages, the one thing I remember is that holding a dead baby, and many of us are holding things that are in our spirits that are seemingly dead and that need to be resurrected. But the Lord said, and know that all things work together for good to those who love the Lord, to those who are the called according to his purpose. I was lying there with tears rolling down my eyes, and all I could say was this is working for my good. Didn't understand how. Many times we don't understand how things are working for our good. We, we don't know what's going on. It doesn't look good. It doesn't feel good, whatever the situation is. But God says in Romans 8, 28, and we know that all things, not some things, but all things work together for good to those who love the Lord and to those who are the called according to his purpose. And we're all called, whether we have answered that call, but we're all called to come into the purpose and the plans and the destiny that God's ordained for our lives. Some of us walk and embrace it, and many of us don't. But the one thing I want to go to the scripture in Luke 10, it's where the, Jesus told Peter to launch out into the deep and let down his nets for a drop. And he said, Lord, we've been out here all night long, and I'm paraphrasing, but he said, Lord, we've been out here all night long. Nevertheless, at your word, I'll let down the net. Now, the Lord told him to let down the net. So many times in our lives, we are not walking in complete obedience to what the Lord has prompted us to do or put in our spirit to do. So, that we, so because of that, we don't embrace, we don't, we don't walk into the fullness of what God has ordained. When we are not totally in God's divine will, then we don't receive the full promise at that point. 
But God wants us to, to get to us to that place where we're walking in his divine will. And one of the ways we know we can walk in his divine will is to go into that secret place. The scripture says, he who dwells in the secret place of the most high God shall abide under the shadow of the almighty. And the secret place is that place where we have that intimate relationship with the Lord and where we don't just talk to him. We allow him to minister to us. The scripture says, be still and know that I am God. So many times in our lives, through the circumstances in our lives, through the trials, through the challenges, we are walking through things and we're going from here and looking to the left, looking to the right, not understanding things because we're trying to do, find things out and do things in our own strength. But the scripture says it's not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord God of hope. And so Jesus told Peter, launch out into the deep. Let down your nets for a draw. And Peter said, Lord, we've been out here all night long. But nevertheless, at your word, because you said to, I'm going to trust what you said, Lord, and I'm going to let down the net. And when he let down the net, now there were others that were with him. So he could have had his net and the other disciples and the other fishermen could have had their net. But he only chose to let down one net. And because he let that one net down, because he didn't come into full, complete obedience to what God ordained at that point for the drought, he said, let down your net for a drought. But Peter said, okay, Lord, I'm going to let down the net. And because he did not completely obey God, that net broke. How many times in our lives do we have circumstances where God has told us to do things one way and we don't completely understand why and we're going in our own strength, going in our own mindset, and we know that the battle is always in the mind. And the scripture says casting down imagination and every high thing that would exalt itself against the knowledge of God. So we have to cast down that stuff Whatever the enemy is trying, most of the time it's the enemy, the enemy of our minds, trying to tell us what to do, how to do it. Oh, no, it's not going to work when the Lord has already specifically said to, what, to us what he wants us to do in that given situation. And if we would just believe God and believe what he has promised us, believe what he's told us, and walk in that, because his word will not return void. It will accomplish that that it was sent forth for. And the scripture says the angel hearkened to the voice of his word. Then once we walk into that, then we know we can fully embrace and receive the complete promise that God has ordained, what he promised. God promised. Jesus told Peter, you're going to have a draw. So this is what I want you to do. And because in Peter's finite mind, he couldn't understand what an infinite God was saying. He had his preconceived notion because he'd been a fisherman. But the king of kings and the Lord of lords told him, let down your net. Just obey. Just obey. And Peter said, well, I've been out here. I've been fishing all these years. And, Lord, you just tell me this, and I'll do it. But I don't understand, but I'll do a little of it. See, that's what many times we, we, come, we partially obey. And because we partially obey the word, we receive partial 
provisions. We receive partial of what God has ordained in our lives. And so then, though it's what we receive, is still working for our good. Whether we totally embrace everything at that point, the Lord already knows what we're going to do. Jesus already knew that Peter was going to only let down the one net, but he didn't scold him. He, didn't, he just told him. And then Jesus, after, after all of this, and all those fish got loose, got away, Peter said, Lord, I'm a sinful man. Depart from me, O oh Lord. But Jesus told him, don't worry about it, Peter, because from thenceforth, I'm going to make you fishers of men. There's another instance in Mark 4 and 35 where Jesus told them, let's pass over to the other side. I want to read that quickly. Uh, it's Mark 4 and 35. Just bear with me. Mark 4. Just a moment. Mark 4 and 35. Okay, here we are. And the same day, when the evening was come, he said unto them, let us pass over unto the other side. Now, we're talking about embracing the promises of God and walking into the things that God's ordained for our life for his glory. Now, he says, we're going to pass over to the other side. And there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and said unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Now, Jesus told them, Look, we're going to the other side. Let's pass over to the other side. And I'd like to say it like this. We're going into the new that God's ordained. This is a new season. And we can't go into a new season with old things. The scripture says you, won't, you can't put new wine. He won't put new wine in old wineskins. And they were passing over to the other side. There with Jesus on the boat or on the ship, as you will. But they forgot that Jesus, the Master, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Great I Am, was on the ship with them. And then when the winds and the waves began to become boisterous, they began to become fearful. And they said, they began to, because Jesus was asleep. So they went to waking up and said, Master, don't you care that we perish? But how are they going to perish when Jesus is there in the midst of the circumstance? How are we going to be destroyed by the enemy when the, when the Lord of kings of kings and Lord of lords is right there with us in the midst of the circumstance? Whatever we're walking through, be it financial, be it health issues, be it emotional issues, the Lord Jesus Christ is with you. And when he's with us, He's more than the whole world against us. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. God is faithful. And Jesus said we're going into the new things. We're going to the other side, a place where we've never been, but we will get there. Let's pass over. 
He didn't say, I think we're going to pass over. He said, let us pass over to the other side. So there's a process that they went through, and they went through the storm. They went through, many of us are going through storms, going through tremendous times in our lives, going through sickness, going through financial problems, going through family issues, because we're ex- and we're expecting the outcome to be different from what we're in at that moment. And all we can look at is that moment. We can't look at the futuristic part of it, what God's already promised. He says, I'll make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. I will bring you out with my mighty right hand. They don't see that. Many of us don't see that when we're in the trial. But as we keep our eyes on Jesus, and this is where going into the secret place comes in, spending time with the Lord, being still, listening to his voice, because the scripture says, my sheep hear my voice, and the strangers they will not follow. And one of the things God gave me years ago, I was not spirit-filled as a child growing up. I was, grew up in a nominal church. But when I came into the revelation that I needed everything in the word of God, everything that he had for me, I received the promise of the, in my spirit that I needed to be spirit-filled. I needed to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And once I received that, the Bible says, and you shall receive power after that that the Holy Ghost has come upon you so that ye may be witnesses. But I remember when I worked in a particular ministry and I would share with people, once I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, I tell them, you need the baptism of the Holy Ghost because we don't know what we need. Holy Spirit knows what we need. And when we're not praying in the Spirit, we're praying in our own mindset if we're not praying the Word of God. And so I learned through the trials of my life, when I wasn't praying in the Holy Ghost, I was praying the Word. When I was praying the Word, I pray in the Word and I pray in the Holy Ghost. And years later, through the trials that I'd gone through, even in the course of my miscarriages, on complete bed rest from six months, five months, 11 months in all, I couldn't understand what I was walking through, so I would pray in the Holy Ghost. And when I wasn't praying in the Holy Ghost, I decreed what God's Word said. And God's Word will not return for it. It will accomplish that that it was sent forth for. So when we're in the midst, getting ready to go into the plans and purposes of the, the Lord has ordained in our lives, we need to stay in that place, in that secret place that secret place where the intimacy between you and the Lord and Holy Spirit. Because Jesus said, when I go away, I'll give you the Holy Ghost, who is a comforter, who will teach you all things. So Holy Spirit ministers to us, in us, and through us, his perfect will for our lives. And, many, and during that time when I walked through those tragic situations, the Lord told me years later after that, you prayed out your destiny. Because we don't know what we need, Holy Spirit knows. And he prays his perfect plan for our lives. So going back to restoration, the Lord God is a God of restoration of all things. So we, the scripture says forgetting those things that are behind. We can't move into the new if we're holding on to the things that are behind us or if we're holding on to the things that are, have wounded us. We have to release it and let it go. 
so that we can move into the things that God has ordained for our lives. The Bible says we should lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset us and run with patience the race that is set before us. But we can't run in to, with patience if we're holding on to, to hurts and anger and hurts and feelings of, of discontent, feelings of uh, low self-esteem, feelings of even physical issues. All oh, the doctors said this. That whose report will you believe? Jesus took strife for healing 2,000 years ago. He took strife for everything that we're walking through 2,000 years ago. And he said it's finished. So we have to believe and receive the promises of God. They are yes and amen. He has a perfect plan for us. Shall I bring to the birth and not cause to bring forth, says the Lord. Shall I cause to bring forth and shut the womb? No. No, God showed me that that's perpetual. So in this season, I decree by the Spirit of the Holy Ghost, by the Spirit of the living God, that things that people have been waiting for years, promises that they've been waiting for years, prophetic words that they've been waiting for years for, to manifest, there will be no abortions, there will be no miscarriages, there will be no spontaneous abortions. It shall come forth in the fullness of time. Just believe, stand on the word of God, hold fast to your faith without wavering because he's faithful that promise. Don't cast away your confidence, for it has great recompense of reward, for ye have need of patience that after you've done the will of the Lord, you might receive the promise. And the word of God says, and we know all things is working for our good. It's all working for our good. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He's shifting things in our life. He's shaking us. He's moving those things out if we yield to him, if we yield to Holy Spirit to do the transformation that he wants to be doing our lives. The scripture says, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do you get your mind new? In the secret place, being still before the Lord, getting the word in you, meditating upon the word, building yourself up on the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. And I thank God for those times, those intimate times where it was just me, the Lord, and Holy Spirit. Because there was a process God was taking me through, though I didn't understand it, though I didn't understand all that he allowed me to go through, but it wasn't for my destruction. So I'm speaking to somebody out there right now that's in the midst of a trial. The doctors have given you a bad report, but whose report are you going to believe? Somebody else may have a job situation that says, well, we're downsizing on our job. Whose source are you going to trust in? Are you going to trust in your resources or are you going to trust in these thoughts? El Shaddai, the God who's more than enough. Jehovah Jireh, our provider. El Elyon, the most high God. Jehovah Rapha, the God that heals. Hallelujah. Stand on the word of God. His word will not fail, saints of God. His word was, is true. It will accomplish that that it was sent forth for. Keep trusting. Keep holding fast. Keep looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Hallelujah. The scripture says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. 
So I just want to encourage those today, whatever situation, because we're all going through something, but it came to pass. Jesus told them, let's pass over to the other side. So that was going, that was behind them. They're going into the new. So when you're going into the new that God's ordained for you, the promises of God are yes and amen, and we thank God that he is faithful. No good thing will he withhold from you as you walk upright before him. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding, but in all your ways as you acknowledge him, he will direct your path. Now, there's somebody out there that doesn't know Jesus. My, you know, go shut up. But God says, come, come away, come away. I want to make you a new creature. The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So I want to pray this prayer of salvation for those that don't know Jesus as their, their Lord and Savior. So pray with me, please. Father God. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we come to you knowing that we've sinned and fallen short of every promise that you've made for our lives. We ask you right now to come into our hearts and make us new creatures, creating us a clean heart. Help us to live holy. Help us to forget those things so that we can receive everything that you've ordained for our lives. And then we ask you to save us and deliver us and make us whole. And the Lord says, yes, as you've come into the kingdom for such a time as this. So he's received you. The angels in heaven rejoice over those that, all those that come to the kingdom. So now when you receive Jesus as your Savior, you repent. You turn from your wicked ways and ask the Lord to help you because he is a very present help in the time of trouble. So he's faithful. He's faithful, men and women of God those that don't know Jesus, those who are coming into the kingdom, God will never leave you or forsake you, and he will be with you. I encourage you to get connected to someone who can teach you and train you and lead you into the way of holiness. Get a Bible. If you don't have a Bible, get a Bible. Study the Word. The Word of God says, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needed not be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of truth. So, Lord, we thank you for these that are under the sound of my voice and in the airways, and we cancel the assignment of the enemy that will hinder anyone from coming into your kingdom. Lord, we thank you right now for souls being saved, set free, and delivered for your glory and for your honor. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen, and amen. Amen. Gosh, I call you an evangelist teacher with the power of the Holy Ghost, the anointing of the Holy Spirit, Hallelujah. Wow, that was awesome. That was awesome. Uh, we'll be putting up your contact information, and there's so many in America, a country that should be God-led, but they have Amen. become godless. Amen. Yes. Could you just put, mention India and Kenya, how the Lord has sent you there over the last few years? Yes, ma'am, I surely can. <laughs> I was meditating on that last night. Uh, in 2008, the Lord released me from a major ministry. Uh, and before that, I received an invitation to go to India, and I didn't want to go. And it wasn't that I didn't want to go, but I'd gone through uh, family loss. We lost a mother in 2007, and I was dealing with things, and I said, I don't want to go. 
And my boss at the time, who was also a pastor, the associate pastor to the church, said, Sister Carnell, are you going to obey God or are you going to obey man? So it was like going crossing over to the other side, Sister Sandra, going into a new plane, because God had told me years before that he'd called me to nations. But I had my own preconceived notion of how I was going to do it and when I was going to do it. But God says, obedience is better than sacrifice. So I went in 2008, actually nine years ago in November was my the night, uh, was when I, the Lord began to, to release me into full-time ministry. It was December that I went into to India. But I received the invitation in November, and I, I accepted it after I felt the Lord about it and let him whip up on me. <laughs> but thank God that I shifted so that the enemy would not derail my plan and his plan, God's plan and purpose for me. So I went into India for two weeks that time and then uh, ministered uh, in different areas, open-air meetings and, and uh, location settings and everything. And, and it was really interesting how the Lord did that. And I met at a, at a function for a, it was a reception for a church. It was actually a church out of, uh, out of Canada, Canada. And I can't recall the name now, but it was a major, major ministry, and they were there, so they were given a reception. Uh, and so I was invited to this reception. And from that point on, the Lord opened up another door. I had an opportunity to speak into a pastor and his wife's life, and they invited me to their church. So from that moment, that was 2008, so in 2010, they said, would you come back again? And so in 2010, actually, that opened up the door for Kenya. Would you like me to tell how that opened up the door for Kenya? Yes, I would. Well, uh, the businessman that had hosted that uh, uh, reception in 2008, we stayed in contact. And he said, Sister Carnellis, I have an offering that I want you to send back. To you, I want you to take back to the U.S. to send to God TV East Africa. See, Hindu is, um, uh, there's Hindu primarily in India. At that time, it wasn't a Hindu government, but there are a lot of Hindus. And actually, he was in a marriage where his wife was not saved. He said, I could send the money myself, but it would be too much warfare. So would you please take the money back to the U.S. and then send it to God TV East Africa? And I, I consented to do that. And I sent it, and every morning, Sister Sandra, I would get up and I would call and I'd ask the young lady, have you got it? Have you received it? Have you received it? Have you received it? This was like maybe a week or two afterwards. And she said, Carnellis, don't worry about it. We're going to get it. We're going to get it. And so that's what opened up the door for India. India opened up the door for Kenya, and I thank the Lord for that. But even beyond that, uh, there was an evangelist that was uh, at the ministry when I was working full-time, and he came and says, I'm going to be building a, a facility, a hospital in Kenya. And this was about 2005 or 2006, and we want to know if there's someone that can sow into that. And I sowed into that then, Sister Sandra, not knowing that those were seeds, my God, that were going to carry me even now today into Kenya. And, and 
I just spoke with my spiritual daughter last week, and she said, Mom, there's not a day that goes by that people are saying, when is the servant of God coming back? When is the servant of God coming back? I went in 2013. I was invited to go back in in 2014, what the Lord said, and I actually bought the tickets with the Sandra in 2014 to go back. And the Lord said, no, not the time, not the door. And I couldn't go because God told me, he said, you don't go unless I send you. So I couldn't go. And I lost that money, so I thought, but we know, Sister Sandra, you're a lot more seasoned than I am, and I thank God for you and the wisdom that I, that I see in your life and the anointing. When we do things and when we're obedient to God, we don't lose anything. But I'm, I'm looking at my resources. Oh, Lord, this is uh, this amount of money, and I'm not going. But I'd rather not go and lose the money than to go and run into all sorts of warfare. So in 2014, the Lord said he was going to send me, and he was going to send someone to send for me, and that's what happened. In 2013, it was so amazing because I was the first woman that ministered at the full gospel church conference of Kenya, the first woman. And I... Didn't have, I'm not really, it wasn't that, at that time connected to a major ministry, but the Lord said, I'm announcing you when he sent me into Kenya in 2013. And so that's how he opened up the door for Kenya in 2013, uh, from 2010. So almost for two years, I meant over a year, little, almost two years, I ministered to the servant of God that invited me into Kenya. And I thank God for that because that opened up the door and that door, the India and Kenya, of co- and of course the new U.S. I say the nation, Sister Sandra, is my passion. Yes, Kenya and India are my heart, but my passion is souls to be saved, set free, and delivered for the glory of God. Yes, that's awesome. Aren't divine appointments? Fun. <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm so thankful. I get so excited. But I'm so excited because that divine appointment last week, you spoke into my life. I'm so excited because when I see, you know, I'll see somebody and I say, Oh, can I pray for you? And most of the time people look at me when they say, Yes. And then they say, Oh my, I'm so glad. But when you stopped, and we, we, I don't even remember what transpired because I was so caught up in the spirit because you've spoken to my life, and I thank God for that. And I thank God for him ordering your steps and him ordering my steps, because he knows all things. He knew before Thursday that we would connect, and I'm so thankful for that. I'm so thankful thankful for this opportunity to have a a chance to share a little bit, and I, I thank God for it. And he wants to give divine appointments to all his children, yes, not just man. those that minister. And he That's so true. That's so ask true. Him, Lord, what do you have for me today? And it's always exciting. Well, we're going to put okay. all your contact information, and we thank you for being with us today. And and. I just praise the Lord that you are, you are such a teacher and bringing the word of God. And, and, the, and you can feel the presence of the Holy Spirit coming across the program. And I thank you and bless you. And thank you, listeners, for listening. And this is Sandra at Real Cuff. Good day. Thank you.